Thank you for rocking with the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ. Thank you for tuning in every week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for us. You can find us on Facebook at Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. You can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback. And he said, she, and she said, because you're not part of this community, it's very offensive for you to use the word faggot, right? He said, okay. And he walks out. He says, you know what's funny? Is that I've been on this show two years and I've used the word nigga profusely. <laughs> I've used the word nigga. And y'all never said nothing. Y'all said absolutely nothing. And she was like, again, Dave, you're not, you're not gay. And he said, guess what? I'm not a nigga either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the enrages... You can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose when you want to get offended. And 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 that's where that's where the truth comes in. And then Dave goes on within his sketch to say there was a trans person that came to his show and wanted to get into comedy. And they became friends. They became friends and the trans person that befriended Dave, they understood each other's world and respected each other's world. To the point where the trans that committed eventually went on to commit suicide, committed suicide based off of the offenses of that person's own community. You know what I'm saying? Being attacked on Twitter and take took that they took themselves out based on the 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 abuses of that person's own community, not because of what Dave said. That person came in and 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 Dave honestly said for the first part of that person's comedic career, they were horrible. But with that particular night, I guess, the last time he seen him, killed, murdered. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I can't use that word, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't delete me off this. Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> I didn't mean to say, use the M word. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying that it's like, I look at the comedian. Let's, let's do this real quick. Let's take a, put a bookmark here. Artists have to look at the world in its entirety. We have to look at things from so many angles. Do you know how objective I have to be as a host? You know what I'm saying? And so many opinions that I have, that can sway from day to day. Or I can get enlightenment about something. I'm like, I thought this way for years, but I have a guest on the show. And I'm like, oh, damn. That's a new way of looking at it. You've, you've come in a lot of times and like, damn, I've thought this way all yeah. my life. But, damn, this is a new perspective yeah. on how I look at things. She's here in the building. Give me one second. We're going we're gonna to finish out. She's here in the building. We're going to bring her in in a minute. Um, but this is what I'm saying is like, we can't pick and choose the conversation. Right. You can't pick and choose who to cancel or who not to when basically you have comedians from the LGBTQ community who make fun of themselves. And it's yeah. funny in a room. They make fun I, of straight I, people. I, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean, get I, it. I, I think, that is the element that I do. I will admit wholeheartedly, I don't like cancel culture. I feel like now it's gone. It's gone way yeah. too far. It's gatekeeping. I love at this point. when, yeah, I love when people say things that are challenging. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like so, when I heard Dave even speaking, I'm like, dang. I'm like, yeah, you're really yeah. cutting into me talking about the alphabet. Yeah. I'm like, you cutting into me right now, right? Dude. Right. Because there are a lot of them. You, you, you talk, I feel like it's funny. You get what I'm saying? Because I know how to tell the difference between the two. Yeah. Right. It's different though. The hat that I wear when I step outside is different, just because. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be that way. It's not saying that I don't care about what anybody else has to deal with. Yeah. I'm trying to keep myself safe. Right. That's I get what you're saying. Yeah. Do. But playing devil's advocate. So what's so what's the difference from a comedian telling a broke joke and offending a homeless person? You get what I'm saying? Like no, it, that's his point. Like if we if we got an issue with one thing, we gotta have an issue with everything. And there's so many issues we ignore. But and then we over focus on certain issues. I like I think that's that's the point. You know what I mean? Because like again, it's what benefits white folks. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I've seen white people tell jokes about killing children. Like and the crowd was like with it. Yeah. They was cracking up. It was normal. That wasn't on the news. That you know what I mean? No one cared. But because he's black, like that, that's literally his point. Like we're still we're still being discriminated against. Like nothing has changed for us. Yeah, we just had to stop talking about it. So now it's reversed because now we got shows, we got podcasts, you on radio, you know right, what I mean? Right. So we have to have these conversations. That's why I like it. And and I have gay friends, I have trans friends. That's why it was like, 
I was always on the other side of it's not a it's not always an understanding thing. Sometimes it's we just gotta find middle ground. But when you got two sides trying to recruit a person to their side, it's never gonna work. You too know much. what I mean? It's it's way too much because like I love the ability to be cool with somebody and say it's like I was just having a conversation with my friend last night about this. We're like best friends. Shout out to JoJo if he's watching. But he's my guy. And one time we had a conversation, it was like, even though we're best friends, we don't have to agree on everything. Facts. Like, mm, we facts. had to literally come to a common ground. First of all, this man said, you know, like, has different music choices than I. Yeah. I get passionate about my yeah. music because of my dad. So, like, yeah. I'm like, how could you not? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm over here getting, like, what do you mean you don't like this? Have you heard it before? He's right. Like, we can disagree. Facts. I was like, let me sit down. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> let me, you let right. me just, you let right. me just <laughs> shut up. Because <laughs> it doesn't change what I like. Facts. So, how do we live in a world where... Everybody's setting boundaries, but then we want to practice freedom of speech because this is this is the dynamic that we're going through. It's like one one side over here says, what you do and say offends me. But yeah. then you got the other side over here says, I can say what the hell I want to say. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the only way is like losing the internet, like going back to privacy. But what? as us being... You would say something like that? <laughs> <laughs> as us being this far stuck in each other's lives and people being addicted to social media, like if unless you don't say anything on there at all, I mean, people are going to dissect what you say. Absolutely. Um, you can say, have a good day. Somebody going to have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, have a good day? <laughs> you tell me what to do. What if I want a bad day. You don't know me. <laughs> And because people have to uh, withhold the things in an expression and they have to be careful what they say, it can go into what we uh, learn on the, the donkey of the day today. So donkey of the day, basically, uh, it was a picture painted a picture of a radio show. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure the lady was being her complete self i mean you have to be witty you have to be charismatic yeah, on yeah. the radio so any Quick joke that you it. see like you said before you getting offended by something might inhibit me from just being who the hell it is that i am yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. you, you you've done this before but i guess he had enough yeah and so he went on to once he you know he politely cut into her on the air but once the air they went off the air. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody was an asshole and just hit the record button. And he was calling her all kinds of fat MFers wow. and this, daddy, I'll just lay. And you could hear the trembling in her voice like, man, you are really, you yeah. know, offending, not only offending me, but you're being, you're being yeah. very abusive. Yeah. To probably embarrassing her. Embarrassing her and yeah. being very abusive in your words. And I'm like, how do we get and, and Charlemagne for the therapy again? This is reflection, reflection Thursdays. So we're putting things on the table to really increase and improve communication within our culture because mm. we, there, there, there's a problem. Yes. <laughs> there's a yes. huge communication problem with a lot of people. Um, I will admit yesterday uh, that I was driving down the road. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I have to admit this, but. There was a lady that could have let me over. There, you know, Columbus, <laughs> uh, seriously, there was a lady that could have let me over and she didn't. But because I was trying to cut in because it was a merging lane, you know, Columbus always got construction going on. You know, they always say, uh, be like Columbus construction, no matter how inconvenient it is, keep working on yourself. Yeah. That's what the hell <laughs> Columbus <laughs> construction <laughs> is. They are always working on these daggone streets. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to get over the lane. Baby, yeah. you can be polite. Yeah. You can be polite to me and let me over. Yeah. But she was adamant about that to where I almost got ran off the road. And I'm telling you for about a block, I honked my horn. I, like, I leaned on that motherfucker. The rage got to me. <laughs> <laughs> I leaned on it. Just like, just because you're going to make my life inconvenient. For these next two blocks. I, oh, yeah, I did. I, and I was ashamed of myself, boy. <laughs> I was ashamed. You know, that's why I'm confessing right now on the air. I was ashamed of this. She like, oh, that was you? She listening. That was you? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Going back to the man is like, it could have been anything. If subconsciously, yeah. she for me, she was the last straw. Yeah. For him, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was a buildup. You know what I'm saying? Of, mm -hmm. I done took your ish all this time. Today I got time. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
but that's not how you should process things. You know what I'm saying? And, it's and what is attacking these people do? You know what I mean? Chris Rock got slapped. What has changed since he got slapped? <sighs> Nothing. He's probably talking more. You know what I mean? He about to say more jokes. Like, this, these comedians live from this because most comedians come from nothing. Like, they come from trauma. They didn't get into this because they was a happy kid with exactly. a... You know what I mean? Like, they they, they they understand, but I feel like, too, we've, op- we've like, allowed this stuff. Like, people are living off ego because we stroking their ego. Yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of them... I feel like a lot of them newscasters be like that. Like, they be talking to them like they garbage because they, they bring the money in. So, you know the... They treat them like they franchise player. Yeah. And the other work employees just got to put up with it. Like, oh, no, that's just Tom. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, I'm going to slap Tom. I'm going to lose my job today. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. And I'll chastise myself more than I'll allow anybody to chastise me. And chastising myself after I came to the point of rationality, I had a talk with myself. And I said, this is a free carry state. And mind you, while I'm between the, uh, the the construction cones and 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 the, and the, and the viaduct, whatever you want to call it, we're stuck. Yeah. This lady could have easily. Yeah. I could have triggered something yeah. in this lady, and she could have easily got out of her vehicle and said, "Boom, boom, boom." Over nothing. Over over my range. Yeah. <laughs> because people are on edge right now. Yeah. People are angry right now. A lot of people now. don't know the importance of ego death. Yeah, they don't 100%. understand the under like they don't have the ability to grasp the concept that first of all, not everything is a personal attack against you. Yes. Clap for that. Hey, talk about it. This is how I, I, I go through like so me bartending. I happen to be sober a lot of times that I bartend. You see some stuff. I see some stuff. <laughs> my thing is, I love to watch people's true emotions come out. Yeah, and my favorite thing to do, and I was telling you about this on the way here. Sure. You're mad? Mm-hmm. Why are you mad? Right. There's a smile on my face. You're not mad at me. Mm-hmm. You came in here tonight, and I tell people this all the time. Why do people go out? Because they don't want to be home and lonely. Yeah. yeah. It's far cheaper to go at home, yeah. get your bottle, and drink at home. What did you come out for? You came out for the experience. Mm. You see the people. I, I can watch people who flex. Yeah. I can watch people who are just there because they having a good time. I can see the person who literally is like, Drowning in depression, but they're trying to fake the funk. Right. You know, you hear so like for me. Once I started seeing that, I realized there has to be an ego death. There yeah. has to be a moment where you say, "Where do I come back to myself and not my ego?" Yeah, and that's what we need more of right now. Hundred percent. Can I say this? And and I, I know we got to get to whose post is it anyway. And we we got our uh, uh, lady of the hour, but and I'll address this to you as well. Ego sometimes is a protective device. And let me finish this point. Mm. I want, if you guys have the time, to watch the series on Hulu. Uh, It's uh, Pam and Tommy. Pam and Tommy is not about Pam and Tommy. There's little excerpts Mm. that kind of go into the life of Pam and Tommy. But let me explain what Pam and Tommy really is. And I'm not going to spoil it because you you really will get into Pam and Tommy. The 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 series Pam and Tommy is about a carpenter who was working on Tommy Lee's house. And Tommy Lee being the rock star that he is, he's an abusive person. He's a person of privilege. And we know that people of privilege can be abusive. Power is corruptive. Absolutely. Every t- not every time, but most of the time. Awesome, yeah. Power is corrupted. So Tommy abuses everybody in his path. So when I won't tell you what the carpenter does after receiving the abuse from Tommy, but he goes on this path to pay Tommy back. But in a counseling session, they said, Why did you go out of your way to do this to Tommy Lee? He said, Because being stepped on, ignored, and ridiculed all my life, somebody had to pay. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to pay. Mm-hmm. And to your point, the ego at that point was, I'm going to protect me today. I I got time today. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you've abused me for the last time. So I know that there has to be a depth of ego, but ego is that wall that says, 
you're not going to break me down anymore. And I you feel like the ego is self-taught. The <sighs> ego is self-taught. So like when you, like I said something, I wrote something down in a poem. I was like, I used to casually care about myself. Now I get noticed when I walk into a room for being casual. Ooh, I don't have ooh, the, boys. I don't have, right. <laughs> I don't have the, like when you realize you're always protected, I don't protect myself. I let, I let, I let, that handle it for me. I got, I got something bigger than me that's doing that for me. So yeah. I don't have to have that ego. I don't have to protect myself the way I thought I was. The only thing I did is shut people out. The only thing I did is give more power. Like you're talking about that. You went out of your way for what? You, you you're doing all that for what? Yeah. I don't need to because anything that somebody does to me. They gonna have to pay, and I really don't want to be around when Carmen does what he's gonna do. One hundred percent. And, and there's there's one part of the, the the show that he says this. Him and Tommy Lee meet again face to face, mm -hmm. and so he looks at Tommy Lee because they that, they have this protective fence. He's on this side, and Tommy wants to kick this dude's ass for real. Yeah. And so he looks at Tommy Lee, and he says, "Tommy Lee, you're a bad person. You abuse people." He said, Tommy Lee said, you know what? That might be true. Yeah. He said, but guess what you are? He said, what's that? He said, you're a loser. Yeah. He said, there, he said, I may not know much, but I know that in life there's winners and losers. You're definitely a loser. Yeah, <laughs> you let me push you around for you. <laughs> you spoke up. I thought you liked it. So I'm just saying, like you said. I think that's where we need to pinpoint that is the death of the ego has yeah. to happen. This is why Chris Rock's tour is about the death of the ego. This is why Nipsey Hussle's uh, Lauren London is going around from interview and interview and saying she's loving trying to love people without an ego. This is why this is the theme of the but year. This is, but this is a slippery slope. I think this is I think these are the conversations to how like. Speaking personally, black men get passively aggressive, pushed to the side. Like ego, so ego death is like anything else. Everybody's plate look different. You know what I mean? Your life right. is not set up like my life. Like what you can handle is not what I can handle. So ego death, more so for me, is a spectrum of you got to get rid of the parts of your ego that are hindering you. But we also live in a society where we feed our ego and we're ego driven. And if you're in a competitive market, you have to have an ego. You doing radio, you doing pie, you do music. I do poetry too. I write books. Like you have to have an ego to do that stuff. Being a black man, ten years ago going into a room with just white men when I already kind of knew they didn't want to give me the opportunity, I had to have an ego. Sure. Like I had to gas myself up. You know what I mean? Like listen to anybody who's did anything historic, they'll tell you they had to get in a different space to to do this work of art. So I'm an artist. You feel me? Like I. I check my ego for sure. I'm, it's not always perfect, but there are situations where it's just like, I, I came in here to step on next. Yeah. I didn't come in here to be, you know, people are like, why aren't you polite? I, I never said I was polite. I didn't say, I, this ain't a nice world. You know what I mean? I grew up on tough love. So yeah. don't come to me like, oh, be nicer. Not, like, nah, move out of my way. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring somebody into this conversation. Um, I've known her husband since I have been little, little. Um, but to get to know her about maybe about 10 years ago um, and just to see the dynamic work that she's done side by side with her husband and the things that she has done uh, just in the community, uh, the messages that she has for women empowerment and things of that nature. Um, I want to bring her to the microphone and we're going to do an interview with um, I want to talk about her business, but how her business was birthed. And so, actually, I'm gonna have you at, at this one. Tips, she's, I'm gonna have you at this one. But, oh, yes. ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the full bio because Hi. I mean, we, we we come here and we do things professionally. So, um, let me give you a little bit of bio. Uh, Joy Candles is your premier retailer for all things candle. Joy Candles uh, are hand poured candles and wax melts made with soy and coconut wax. Okay, I feel the juices and berries flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Sit it perfectly with the best uh, clear oils uh, the market has, offering a clean and soot-free experience. Joy Candles is what we're going to talk about. Joy Candles was launched Mother's Day weekend 2020 by owner Janet Stevens. Uh, first weekend produced sales of over 200 candles. Whoa! Hey. Whoa! 
right. Uh, that, that, that's, that's really big. Um, the momentum eventually forced Janet to bring on an additional product partner, which she brought on her daughter. Man, that is so dope. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Janet Stevens is here. Um, this is family, first of all. Yes, everybody. <laughs> This is family, first of all. And I know you've been hearing us uh, ranting and raving for the past 30 minutes. It's like, Lord, what did, I, what did I walk into? What did I prepare myself for? But we just drop it raw here yes, on the Uptown Show. <laughs> but we are talking about, you know, really just changing the alchemy in, in our nation's communication and things of that nature. And one of the things during uh, the pandemic is people made something out of nothing. Uh, uh, when we were hit with this thing people really didn't know what to do because not only are you dealing with death but you're dealing with unemployment you're dealing with depression you're dealing with just a lot of stuff that we just were not prepared for so let's talk about the things leading up to you creating uh joy candles absolutely so, hello, everyone. It's your girl, Janet Stevens. You, you don't have people calling in for you already. Like, she's here. She's here. She's in the building. Hey, I'm like, okay, superstar. <laughs> so, um, before leading up to that, so I am, um, I was in child welfare okay. for over 15 years, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was so engulfed in my work. Um, I knew my season was ending there. It was expired. Mm -hmm. And my husband allowed me to do an early retirement. So Whoa, okay. Hey. <laughs> and so I didn't even know. I was so heavy in my work. Mm -hmm. I didn't know we were in a pandemic. Like literally, like wow. what? What y'all talking about a pandemic? And so that's I leave flex. with Man, plans. Right, that's a big flex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I leave with plans on travel. Like I'm leaving this job and I'm about to travel. Like I'm about to uh, my husband's also a pastor. Absolutely. So I'm like, my itinerant ministry is about to blow up. My travel about to blow up. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going places. And so it was like, I leave my job. The first week we get on a plane to Virginia and it's like mask. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Mm -hmm. Something is really going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Something is happening. Yeah. And so then the following week, so we stayed a week in Virginia. The following week went to Florida and it shut down. And I'm like, oh, this is something that's happening here, right. you know? Absolutely. And so my daughter's with me. She owns a lash bar. And so we see that, you know, Uncle Mike has shut down, you know, all salons. And she's crying. This is my lifestyle. This is whatever. <laughs> and I'm still kind of oblivious, like, what is happening? Yeah. I, so I was trying to get my mind wrapped around that I'm not going to an 8 to 5, right? Right, right, right. And so um, during that time, my husband and I just began to have conversations because I'm a public speaker, I preach, I'm an author, yeah, right? Hey, Flex. Big and so, <laughs> my book, I brought the copy. Wow. And so, it's a devotional for It's called Jewels My Lady J. Nice. And so, he was like, okay, we need to continue to push your book. Mm -hmm. And so, let's add a product to the book, right? Right. And so, we were adding a product. And so, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do candles because, right, I don't work anymore. I got time. And we are now on lockdown. Right? Right, right. And so we began to do candles as an initiative to couple it with the book to increase book sales. Nice. However, the candles left the book in the dust. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ride the way. Ride the way. And yeah. so I was hoping, you know, that it would have pushed it, but I was told that was a marketing error. I didn't market it right. It is what it is. Yeah. But the candles have served its well purpose. Yeah. And the, I, you know, when I did the candles, it was that women, especially when we're reading a book, we want to pull up with a blanket, mm -hmm. we want a candle, and we want our book, right? Absolutely. And so to just to create, you, I was hearing you speak about, okay, why you ain't drinking at home? Because people are going out because they want the experience. Exactly. And so yeah. the candle was coupling the idea of creating the experience with your book reading, with your alone time, Ooh, with your self-care, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so this um, Joy Candles came about. It was named because it is my total personality. Yeah, um, yeah, it is who I am. I totally believe that God imparted an extra dose of joy into my life during a season of grief. Yeah. Um, my father initially was my pastor. He pastored in Urban Crest, yes. mm. Ohio, which is inside of Grove City. Wow. Urban Crest was created because 
um, the wealthy white folks did not want black people in their neighborhood. And so black people had to create their own suburb called Urban Crest. Wow. And so they owned the land. They had their own school, their own fire department, their own police force in that community. It's huge. You got to go see. Absolutely. And so um, my father felt caught excuse me, called to that area. And so he passed there for 27 years before he passed. Okay. And so during that season of grief, I received joy. It's crazy. It's all mm-hmm. supposed to be sad and depressed and sure. wiped out. And I was like, life kind of happened again for me. Sure. Right. And so that's why we have joy candles. And so we're creating my idea. Our, our tagline is infusing joy into homes everywhere. Right. And so I don't do like manifestation candles or other stuff kind of candles but i do believe that as you know you come home you can create your own joy at home Absolutely. and so or in your office or in your space or wherever that is i remember when i was a single mom right mm-hmm. my thing was i didn't have money for massages but every day my family dollar candle as soon as i walk yeah. in <laughs> I'm like, let's just sit down for a minute. Just be quiet. Let's just have this moment, right? And so now I am, um, we can create these moments with joy candles that I create. How important is me time? Man, listen, it is so important, man. I almost forgot literally because now I have added something else to my plate. Here I am talking about self-care and me time and all this. And a few weeks ago, I had an All About Me Day. I used to do this every month called All About Me Day. I take a day off of work. Sure. Kids are at school. I'm having a bath. I'm having lights, low candles, just music. It was Luther back then. Yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> Talk about it. And I would just have this day of just All About Me. And so I had one of those days a few weeks ago, and I laid in the tub like, oh, my God, I think I forgot about this moment, you right. know? And so I think just time to censure ourselves, to collect our thoughts and our minds so that we, you know, so many times you can be out doing things because that's what other people want you to do. Right. Because you have not spent time with yourself or with God or whoever to just know who am I, what do I like, what do I desire, what do I want, what is my life's purpose. So you can be doing that versus living the life um, through someone else or what they have for you. Let me ask you this because I just want to tie in what I've observed in you and your husband's ministry. Um, You incorporate what you do. You incorporate the human experience Mm -hmm. in in, in your ministry. Where does that come from? Because a lot of times it's like, yes, I want to know about ministry and, and the spiritual upliftment, but meet me from a human experience. Where does that come from? Well, we actually were just talking about this, our church we have, because we believe heavily in relationship ministry. Okay. Right? Sure. So we can give you Bible, we can give you Word all day, but if you can't connect with other people to see how do I live out what I just heard, yeah, then it just becomes a lot of words. Sure, sure. And so I believe a part of that, just having that human experience or just identifying, because you have to minister to the whole person, right? So we have, we have spirit, we're soul first, sure. right? That have a body. Um, and then we're, you know, spirit, so soul, mind, will, emotions. Sure. And so if I don't talk about mind, your mind, if I don't talk about your will, because you have to get that permission, mm-hmm. and if I don't talk about your emotions, that you are in control of them, not your emotions being in control of you, sure, sure. then that's part of that road rage, because we got to have control of our emotions. Oh, you heard that. Oh, you heard that. Oh, you in the middle. Okay, okay. So if we don't talk about all of that stuff, sure. you just kind of are a dead man walking, right? You're just yeah. walking around. If I don't talk about that, you just witness this person get shot on live TV and ignore it and just say, you know, um, you know, all things work together for the good of them to love God, but I don't connect with what you just saw, then I have, you know, kind of made this word irrelevant um, because although Jesus walked the earth, but he was also very much in touch with the infirmities of the people. And so I think that connects and relates to who he was in the earth. Man, I I mean, and there's so many things that you can do for self-care, you know, um, like I say, the church is a hospital, and and we are walking hospitals. I mean, we don't know who we're touching. We don't know who's like. Like when you came in here, seriously, the energy just lifted. Mm-hmm. It's an aura that you have, and I love when people come in with that dope energy. Uh-huh. Um, what about the days where that 
infamous smile is not on your face. Well, how, how do you deal with people when you're not having such a great day? Well, I deal with people, one, that I separate happiness from joy, right? Okay. Because happiness, um, in my definition, is connected to what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I can very well not like what is happening, <laughs> what I'm like experiencing, like right? Mm -hmm. But joy is a constant. It's consistent, right? right? Because if God is the essence of my joy or why I have joy, then he's always the same. Sure. And so literally this smile and who I am, my nature, my character can always be the same. Okay. But I can be affected by what is happening. And so okay. during those times, I make sure that I surround myself with people um, that I've given permission to, because everybody don't have permission to, to speak into Ooh. my life, mm. right? Mm. Um, to give me encouragement, to give me a word, um, or to just relate, or to be the pushers for me beyond that current moment. Because sure. sometimes we use words um, a lot of times like, I'm empathetic or I'm an empath or we use words like sympathetic or we use words like compassion. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those words um, can often be the crutch to allow people to remain the same or to mm -hmm. remain stuck in that what's happening or sure. be remain stuck in what they're feeling. But I don't need to be stuck. I need to, I need to feel, I need to be present, but then I need to move past this situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have those people in my life that um, I allow to help me to see, to feel, but then to move forward. So of course, setting boundaries is important, but um, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is that, especially when, let's talk about, you know, our African-American Queens, mm -hmm. we're getting, you you are getting voices as far as empowerment, the businesses that you're starting, the families that you're creating, yeah. and the self-care that you're promoting. Do you know people of society are, are offended by that? Mm -hmm. They're offended by the empowerment. How do you guys forge ahead and, 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 and you know, kind of envelop all of that and still not get offended by people being offended by your joy, happiness, and your self-care? Yeah, you know what? I was just speaking with some peers yesterday, for example, um, about The Little Mermaid that's coming out, right? Sure. Um, with now having a black face. Sure. And I said, while the rest of us are celebrating, there's people who are having podcasts complaining, right? Sure, <laughs> and absolutely. I'm just like, but we have always been here. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that we don't allow our presence to get ignored. We have to make sure that we are first seen by each other because there's oftentimes yeah. we can be things could be happening good for us and we ignore it because it's not happening for me individually. Mm -hmm. But we should celebrate the collective. Right. And so I think as we continue to do that, I think what we've seen, especially for this generation over the past two years, is that we've been seeing each other. We've right. been celebrating each other. We've, you know, they call it woke. We've been waking up. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing the need for our presence. We've been seeing the need for our own products, our own stuff. We've been seeing the need for awareness to say, you know what? Popeye's chicken really ain't black owned. Right? Uh, <laughs> right. It's been seeing like, oh, we really should circulate the black dollar. Right? There really is power in that. And I think we need to continue to see each other. We need to see the need of that. Uh, we need to create circles where we celebrate each other. You know, I was speaking with, um, I have some young groups that I mentor. And sometimes, you know, you're looking for connection through family. But sure. you need to create your own family through your own tribe. You need to create your own family or connections through people where you have the same goals, the same mindset. You you know, you may not be blood, right. but don't sometimes we hold so much weight on people we have an expectation of right. instead of creating those groups where people would give you what you need. Um, and so I think that becomes important as we continue to see each other and move forward. So when we talk about these communities and I'm seeing your tribe on here heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see your tribe. So they was waiting on you. Yeah. So, and, and you guys, feel free to jump in if you have any questions. If you have any questions for, for Janet, please call in 614-754-9881 if you want to call in and talk to her. She is live on the air right now, and she is just dropping a lot of jewels. Dave Chappelle said in his special, um, he said, I don't have a problem with the women's empowerment movement. I don't have a problem with the LGBTQ com community. He said, I'm quite jealous. <laughs> he said, I'm quite jealous at how... You know, black women band together and empower and invest in each other's businesses. I'm quite jealous of how, mm -hmm. you know, the LGBTQ community bands together and pushes their agenda forward and bands together. 
he said, man, if we could find a way to do that with, you know, our our, our kings, yes. then everybody can kind of move forward together. Yes. Now, one thing that I love about you is that, you know, you found your voice within a pastor. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He he is like, like you said, when, you know, for some women that would be offended, like ask permission. Like, uh-huh. I can't ask my man permission for nothing. <laughs> but you said, you know, well, you know, I, well, I talked to him and more, it wasn't permission. You talked to him about the decisions that you are going to make. So how do you balance that as far as I'm a strong black woman, but uh-huh. I still hold my king in high regard. How do you do that? Well, one thing for me is I've, the the Bible is my foundation for sure. my life, mm-hmm. right? And so I really do believe what it says. And so I, when a lot of times I used to run from that word submission, like what, quit playing. But for me, submission hides me. Mm-hmm. Per, submission puts me in a safe place. Okay. Because guess now what that does is elevates my man to the place that he should be. Where he is now, he is the leader, he is the decision maker, he's making decisions for us. Now we come together and we agree. How can two walk together except they agree? Mm -hmm. So we come together to agree, but ultimately he's the king, he's the head, he's the lead. And I honor that, right? And I wouldn't marry someone who I wouldn't couldn't respect their decisions. I could I I would have to see that before. He would have to see me before that I could follow, that I could submit, that I could Mm -hmm. come alongside, that I could agree. And so anything, I believe that the our enemy, what he is after when it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to business ships, whatever kind of ship you in, right. that the the, ag- the enemy is after our agreement. Yeah. If we cannot agree, if I cannot agree with you just being my brother and you hustling and you making it happen, if I can't agree with you just being mm-hmm. my sister, if I can't agree with us coming together collectively in business, then I have conquered them, mm-hmm. right? But so he wants to bring division. Our job is to make sure we stay connected and we at least come together on a place that we can agree. And mm-hmm. so with me and my husband, we operate in a place of agreement. And Ooh. if we don't agree, then we allow the Bible for us to become the decision maker. Oh, he, mm-hmm. he can be like, oh, I'm, you know, he can be doing all of this. And he's like, okay, hold on. What, what does this say? I could be doing all of this with my mouth. And it's kind of like, okay, what does it say? Right, and right, then right. I agree with that. And so that's kind of how we follow because you know what? Nothing can move forward without a vision. Nothing can move forward without goals. And so whatever we do, it has to come back to, does this help us to accomplish our vision? Does it help us to accomplish our goals? Does it move us closer or does it move us further back? Wow. That is so dope. From, you know, just your movement and and your ministry, um, what are some of the reviews that you have gotten as far as being able to help? Because we're still going through a lot of crisis, even from the pandemic. And, of course, what your product is helping people out a lot. What are some of the praise reports that you have received from your your book and and your candles? Yeah. Well, from the book especially, some of the reviews that I've heard was just it's helped me to align purpose for me. It's helped me to refocus um, it's helped me to um, really have an identity in who I am. And so that's what I want the book to be, right? Mm-hmm, to be sure. even a point or um, a tool for inner healing. There's so many hurting people yeah, um, yeah, yeah. where they need to just have, they need to answer the hard questions okay. so they can heal. A lot of times yeah. the pain that we're dealing with or holding on to, we want to blame somebody else for it. Yeah. And to add, I had a, a situation where um, I was really lost in my life. And I, I, I and I, I could see it. People would come to me and they're like, Are you, you know, you, you don't have the confidence. Like, I see it in you, but like, you're not living in that. Uh-huh. And so um, my like friend now, her name is Simone. She came into where I was working. I've never met this woman, but we started talking like we were good friends. And so my plan is to move out of the city. I want to relocate. And so she was like, do this first. What are your core principles? No, she asked me, she's like, what are your principles? I was like, I can't really say what my principles are. I've never thought about it. And I feel like for me, that's what I've started learning. And I felt like, well, I need to go home and I need to write down what my principles are. I was like, you don't even know yourself. Mm. so you don't even know what principles you want yes. to have for yourself absolutely and yeah. so once i got to that point i realized it's not a race to say oh i gotta be this person but i started saying like looking at life experiences yeah. and saying okay that's something i don't agree with i don't want to feel that uh-huh. so this is 
who I am. This yeah. is part, a part of my principles. Uh -huh. I'm like, I yeah. What I'm that, embracing. That will not fly with me. Mm -hmm. This is what I love. This is what I hold dear to my heart. Right. You know, so it's like things I'm realizing, you know, for a long time I thought quality time wasn't a thing that I appreciate. I'm like, I'm dead by myself. I don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, no, quality time is important to me. And I love that you have the self-care aspect because it, I, I used to like just not care about anything, mm -hmm. you know, and then I started getting candles and incense and I'm like, okay, at first it felt really lonely. It felt very lonely. I'm like, I've never had that moment of, let me take care of me first. Yes. Now you can't get me out of my house nine times out of ten because I want to be home. Yes. It's, it's, so it, yeah. I love the fact that you have that and you thought about how to make it so well-rounded because having a self-care experience, having a self-care day, like, and I tell people this too, like, I retwist my own hair. I cut mm -hmm. my own hair. Mm -hmm. Um you know, stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not taking away from anybody's business, but that's what makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask you two both a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, in two aspects, this is a double whammy for you. Um, in social work and being a first lady and you dealing with people, how do you protect your mental and be a receiver and a healer at the same time? That's kind of difficult. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think I think it all ties into what both what what you both were saying, um, and for me, it's like your your purpose is your responsibility, sure. and where you're trying to go is your responsibility. And the first step is that participation. Mm. You know what I mean? It's you actually taking the steps in your life. Yes. So when I was younger, like for me, as I'm growing, all I'm doing is becoming like the person I needed when I was younger. Mm. And for that. me, like the principal part of it is your responsibility is if you're going to ask the world for something, you have to be that thing. And we all ask for things. We all sitting in our house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dang, why ain't this person made these type of nachos? Because probably like you supposed to be the person to do it. You know? Right, right. So then I think on on a level honestly like even when we was talking about with the ego death like even when we talk about healing we got to remember like these are constant things you don't just do it once and you're healed you know you don't just kill your ego then it's done like so the only real way to do it is ever like handle anybody else properly is you got to self-check yourself on, on every occasion you can't have things that you sugarcoat or you stay away from and and that's a hard thing to do for a lot of people so how I look at it is, if I'm not working on myself, I'm not contributing to the world. I can't ask for somebody else to bring something Man. to the world. If I'm not even putting into myself, I can't ask for help. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So but how yeah. do you how do you so process good. the bad though? How do you when I when you when you have all these people dropping these things on you? How do you process that? Well, because I, people have some really horrible stories. Yeah, for for me, my thing is. So when I say when it comes to my growth, I take everything personally. Okay. I take everything personally. I take, you know, I look at myself in the mirror. And I was telling you about this, you know, also before. Uh, one thing I love to do is I never get to see myself talk. So I like to look at, you know, I'd be like, how, what do you want for yourself? And it's that, that those conversations. When it comes to everybody else, though, mm -hmm. I don't take anything personally. I don't know what you have going on because I know there's been days when I'm, you know, everybody like can see that I'm genuinely a good person. Sure. And but I have my days, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even though I make it my mission for me to be personally responsible for how I come across it, my energy and what I unload on people. Sure. Not everybody is that emotionally intelligent sure. to get that. But that's not their fault. Yeah. The only thing I can do is continue to be that light and say, you don't mean that. That's not on me. Yeah. Sure. You know, like, I get it. <laughs> I understand. I've been there. Sure. I've talked to myself about this. I've talked to God about this. Sure. I've been, like, trying to get to that point. Yeah. And like you said, I love that you said it's consistent. Mm -hmm. So, like, when somebody is that way, I just let it roll off because that is what people need sometimes. It's just somebody who doesn't care about them. So right. they know that not everything is about you. Like when people feed into other people's emotions too yeah. much, sure. it gives them too much power and they go on the wrong path. So if somebody's used to being a brat and they start crying and they know everybody's emptying out pockets and stuff, right. yeah. how can they learn to be different? Ooh. 100%. But, but you two are coming from a place... 
of receiving the non-judgment when you, when you get people's yeah. problems at yeah, your doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk to you for a second mm -hmm. because you have to look at people in your congregation in the community that you serve from a completely non-judgmental standpoint while at the same time everybody's judging you uh, and holding you to a standard and scrutiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance that? <laughs> well, I it almost the same way with tell me your name, honey. Quan. Quan, I love it. Thank you. So <laughs> it's like what Quan said with not taking things personal. Like okay. that is so key. Um and weighing kind of the words that people say or weighing their actions. Or being able to say that's may that may be what they are saying, but I need to look at their character. I need to look 100%. at their actions to see mm. does this even line up? Is something off? Right? And to balance it out that way. The other thing is, again, I have to really believe what I preach, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So I really have to cast my cares on him and leave it. Mm. Right? I can't carry the burdens the issues of other people around with me mm. or it will begin to affect me. And I've had that mm. happen before right. because a lot of times, you know, especially in church, we teach people to be intercessors and to intercede and to pray, sure, sure, sure. but we don't teach the aspect of that, which intercess means to become in between, but you also, they now who are, who are, who are interceding have to learn how to cast it and to let it go and to release mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. not carry it. Cause there's nothing in the Bible that tells us to carry anything. It all says to release it and give it to God. Wow. And so we have to make sure that we teach that and to um, be disciplined in that aspect. The other thing is that there's the scripture in the Bible that we, we don't talk about this enough either that says to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So if I don't spend time in knowing myself and loving myself, mm -hmm. then I'm literally loving you from a dry place. Mm -hmm. I'm loving you from a place that, that, that has not been developed. I'm loving, loving you from a place that I don't even know because I've not learned myself, let alone my God. And so we have to really spend time. We have to focus on this self-care thing, making sure God is a part of your self-care, yes. part of your self-discovery, your self-development. So now I can love someone from a pure and a true place. Outside of that, it could be manipulation. Yes. It could be just giving you what I want you to have. It could be giving you what I think you should yeah, have. Uh -huh. But when you love from a pure place, I'm giving you what you you're need. supposed to yeah. have or what you need. Uh, there, there was a, uh, a young lady, uh, Trinae's on the check-in right now, and her podcast this week, she uh, was open about sometimes I have to not pick up that phone because I can't be a friend to you at this yes. point. I, I have to not open myself up because I can't be a friend to you. You, um, uh, Pooh and, yeah. and Janet, you're a bartender, you're a counselor, and, and, and you're, you're a first lady. Have you gotten it wrong sometimes when somebody yeah. drops something off? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like I, I've gotten it wrong. And I feel like th this is the beauty of like this conversation because everything, everything we're all saying is the same thing. You yeah, get what sure, I'm saying? Sure, sure. And this is how we unite as one. We come together as people. Mm -hmm. So to answer your, your other part, like, when when I'm having my worst of days, like right. you know them days that come around every so often, and you know when you in it, when you wake up, sure, you know yeah. like it's gonna be one of those days. I ground myself. I go get into nature. You know what I mean. I walk around like without my shoes on. I do so. Joy for me is the things that I do that no one can steal like this moment from me. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah, get what I mean. Right. So I I indulge in those things, and I grew up with like real real bad anxiety. So. Growing out of that, I had to realize how I, because it was going to keep coming back. You know, you can't wish it away. So the way you deal with it is by giving yourself options. I have options. I have many outlets. I'll go swimming. I'll go bike riding. I'll go read a book. And those are, that's joy to me. You know what I mean? My kids can come in yelling when I'm reading a book. It don't phase me. Like, I look like a statue. <laughs> they just start poking me like, are you in there? Like, you can't take this moment from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, I'm verbal with my children. Like, when I'm having that kind of day and I come home, I tell them, like, I need a half an hour. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, like, okay. you, you, I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> you need some emergency, get yeah. with me. Anything else, you know what I mean? I'm not, I didn't, I didn't just walk through the door. Right. And we're going to start so over. Because in this book that I read. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it on. Hey. It says... 
think on these things, which means with our soul, mind, will, emotions, mm -hmm. I have the ability to be disciplined with exactly what you're doing, with what I am doing. I have the ability to be disciplined with what I'm thinking. I have the ability to be disciplined with how I respond. It says, think on these things, things that are of a good report, things that are lovely, sure. right? And so now I am to being intentional, but with what I'm allowing myself to think on, what I'm allowing myself to do, how I'm responding, the things that bring me joy, the things mm. that are lovely to me, the things that are beautiful to me. So now I can control the emotion called anxiety. Yes. I can control Ooh. the emotion called depression. I can control the emotion. You see what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. Called fear by taking control of those emotions yes. that place in my soul that mm. could be having an issue. Wow. So when you were writing this book, uh, what did you pull from to make sure that you were on point with the, the message that was dropped in your spirit? How, what, did, what did you pull from to make sure, okay, when I'm writing this book, did you pull from personal experiences? Did you do yep. a lot of research? What did you so personal experience, definitely. Um, my personal lived experience, my personal spiritual experience was all pulled from that, um, a part of my journey. Um, for those that don't know or those who are watching, mm -hmm. um, both of my parents were pastors. However, I am the uh, picture child for what society would call the pastor's kid. He came. I was about to say. For those who don't know, they say them is the worst one. <laughs> I've read the a PKs. few novels. I've read a few books. Child at 14, sure, and she's okay. on watching right now, so she will be um, 30 this year. Wow, um, okay. I had my second child at 16 years old. Okay, um, I graduated still at the top of my class from Independence High School, Columbus. Hey. Talk about it, <laughs> talk about and went to the Ohio State University hey. on a full ride academic scholarship. I know that, and right. graduated on time. Hey. But right. from that experience, uh -huh. um, where I learned, you know, I had to go through some self discovery. Sure. That was initiated really by my husband, but I had to go through some self-discovery where I believe that God revealed to me. He was like, I call you a pearl. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Uh-uh, this must be the devil because I'm a diamond, right? We all call ourselves yeah. women. We were like, well, I'm a diamond, right? Uh -huh. And he was like, eh, right? Who are you allowing to shape your identity? Who are you allowing to shape who you call yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I had to spend that time really in digging deep to say, who am I? And so then I began to discover the the process of a pearl, right? That is found yeah. in the bottom of an ocean in the mouth of a clam. Mm -hmm. And it's the um, irritation of the sand and everything that happens in that clam that produces this pearl. Sure. And so God just really began to spend time with me to discover what my irritations were, sure. the things that occurred in my life that was allowed in my, that I allowed in my life, I can't blame nobody else, mm -hmm. right, that I allowed in my life, um, those bottom of the ocean experiences I had, mm -hmm. but that developed who I am, and now I've come to the surface to be that spokesperson for God and for women to discover who they are and who they should be and how they should carry out their life. And so that's what uh, Jewels by Lady J. <laughs> I, I gotta jump on this really quick because in the wake of the Kevin Samuels and all this stuff like that, there has been attack on single mothers. Mm -hmm. Like once you have gotten pregnant early or you, you know, uh, maybe a relationship didn't work out, but you have kids and now you're either dating or looking for a mate. They are painting the picture that you are damaged goods. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to talk from that aspect of, like you said, uh, meeting, you know, your husband yeah. and you are already two kids in. What is that esteem that is being broken down? But, you know, m please minister to women who feel like, oh, I have this many kids, so I probably won't be able to get the ideal mate, or mm -hmm. I'll look at myself in a certain type of way. Yeah. Listen, absolutely not. Although um, I had some confidence, I had some self-esteem, but literally a part of really developing more of who I was came through my husband because he began, he saw me, even when I didn't see me. Mm -hmm. And he began to speak into my life and who I was and to develop me. One of the greatest things, and we were still dating at this time, but one of the greatest things my husband did for me 
was in helping me to heal. Um, I do not like going to the cemetery. I know my parents, that's where they were sure. buried. I do not like, I hate that whole yeah. concept. Yeah. But um, my dad passed in 05, and one of the things he did when we were dating, he took me to the cemetery and dropped me off. Yeah. Like chair and everything, like here you go. All right, you need to deal with some stuff. And I'm telling you, I that was the greatest gift he could have given to me. Wow. Gave you what you because needed. Because yeah. it helped me to heal, to release some things so that I can be what I needed to be in the moments that I needed to be present. And can and I interject so, on that? Sure. Because I think speaking, and, I, and I'm not speaking for, for women, but speaking, you know, from a perspective of women in my generation, mm-hmm. I think sometimes what she's saying, like, I love what you're saying because you're giving the perspective that's needed. And it's not always like, are we getting something, but are we receiving it? You yeah, dig? Right. She speaks on receiving this gift, not just him giving it. Yeah. So sometimes Ooh. the issue, if you're having this issue with, you know, women, it's, it's, you got to learn how to receive. You got to yeah. be able, you got to be coachable and teachable. Come on. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so one of the things I wanted for myself, although kind of from an egotistical perspective, I wanted to be on Oprah. I had a point to prove, yeah, right? I can because see I remember it. when I had I got pregnant the second time, and my dad was like, "Listen, I know you're smart and all, because I'm a straight A student. Yeah, I sure. love Jesus and sex. That was me, that's right? Cool. Yeah. And so, yeah. and he was like, "You just need to quit school and take care of these babies." I didn't know what that meant. Like, what are you talking about? I love school. I go to school now. I do skip to go have sex, but I love school, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I had something to prove, and although it was my mm. dad. From a young child who was telling me I was going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I went to pre-med. I finished pre-med, but I did not go to be a doctor. Right. Um, I, you know, he was the one telling me I could be a doctor. I could be an author. I could be a journalist. He prepared my smile. Mm-hmm. He prepared me. He sent me to learn how to speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. So he was a part of my early development, but I had something to prove to him. I had something to prove to society because everyone who was on Oprah was those teen moms who ended up not doing anything. Sure. It was those teen moms who did not have a focus, who didn't have goals, mm-hmm. who were not fulfilling life purpose. And I wanted to go in there because I wanted to prove, I wanted to change the narrative, yeah, right? Absolutely. I wanted to flip the script. I wanted to show them I made some decisions but I didn't allow those decisions to become my life Um, I did not allow those decisions to um, decrease who I was in the earth and so I really wanted that was my thing I'm going on Oprah because I'm going to be a boy. Deshaun, Deshaun is such a troll. He's on the conversation right now. He said, I, he got a quotation. I love Jesus and sex. <laughs> That's he a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. That was me. That's a t-shirt, baby. That's an old man. That is a t-shirt. <laughs> But I love it, though, Trademark. because at the end of the day, what I started realizing <laughs> is some of the things that I've, you know, turned 27, and I know it's young, but I put myself through mental turmoil so early because yeah. I, so I, I look at it as I had to get some stuff out yes. to put better in. Yes. And so... When I think about, okay, I was out here doing hard drugs for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'm out here, you know, sleeping with whoever. Yeah. I'm over here in this relationship, not no good for me. Uh-huh. Multiple times. Like, yes. for what? Yeah. For what? And it's just that taking time away to myself to say, and, and my isolation, like, and then I have this guy who I consider, like, my mentor. You know, I was talking to him because I've been celibate for like a year and a half. Because I... So, yeah, so then he's asking me, like, why are you celibate? And I talk about my celibacy a lot. Because yeah. it's an ever-continuous yes. journey. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, well, I mean, I just feel like I got so much on me. And I refuse to lay on top of somebody and give them. Mm-hmm. what's on me right now mm-hmm. i have to take some stuff out yeah he was like okay so you're doing that it sounds like it's for somebody else but is it for you mm. and then the question was are you celibate or are you just not having sex right and yeah. then i was like he oh, checked me yeah. he checked me i'm like turn the angle a little bit on you like. and so the thing that i've learned is to have my Feelings hurt a little bit. I'd be like, Absolutely. okay, yeah. It's good for I'd be you. like, okay, because you're loud. And I need you to just simmer down. But that really changed the whole sp- perspective for me. Yeah. Is like, okay, so maybe I have just like been 
condensing myself to this act just to say it's honorable. Like, oh, I'm celibate. Mm-hmm. I'm telling everybody, yeah, I'm celibate. Mm-hmm. Whole time I'm at home and I'm not doing what I need to do and I'm not mm-hmm. feeding into myself. I'm not taking that stuff out. So then I started having moments where I'm like going back to that inner child, that like root work for me. And I was like, I've, and I, I, woo, I had this conversation with my inner child and I said, I've never told you thank you before. Mm-hmm. I've never said thank you to you before. And I was 26. I just turned 27, but 26 years. Mm-hmm. And I've never said thank you to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't realize I let so much inside of me. Mm-hmm. I let so much come to pass. And I didn't realize because of you, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Because of you, I can have these revelations. I have the know-how. I have the ability to say I want to love myself because before me at this age knew exactly what was going on and before I came to terms with the fact that I was messing up, mm-hmm. you loved unconditionally. You loved like you had never been bruised before. Mm-hmm. You loved like, I mean, as if your life depended on it. So thank you mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Oh, that is the, no, 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 that's the miracle. Right. That's, that's, that's the miracle to that love is. again. Yeah, yeah, that is. That yeah. is. And and what's so funny is that healers come in different shapes, forms, Absolutely. and sizes. Um, t- you just listened to the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. You can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback and Facebook at Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. Make sure you're watering your plants, everybody. Subscribe, share, and love.